Yo, 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 Just Chats, back at it again with another episode with a guy who I am super appreciative to have met, um, and he made my, or mine and my partner's little uh, side hustle flourish. So, guest, who are you? Pete Loring. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pete. Um, We'll get straight into it. Tell us a bit about, about yourself, where you grew up, and stuff like that. Right, from the beginning, beginning? Beginning, beginning. Okay, um, so my parents were from Wales. Uh, I was born there. When I was three, we moved to Australia. We lived in Perth. Then I was five, we moved to Adelaide. Uh, spent most of my childhood in Adelaide and then did primary school, obviously. Did year eight, finished year eight, and then in the summer holidays in like February, we, lo- we our whole family moved to back to England. Um, and a career change for my dad. Uh, we moved there. And then spent most of my high school years there, finished high school, um, did a gap year, moved back to Australia, and then fell in love with a long childhood friend and never left. Wales is in like the United Kingdom, Wales? Yeah, yep. Do you remember that? No, no, I was three. So we left there. I've got vague memories of um, when I was, I've got like, two childhood memories like the dentist was at the school for some reason mm-hmm. I remember that and that was it and then the rest of it is is from Adelaide onwards wow yeah alright so, so tell us about you got siblings any brothers or sisters yeah older brother and sister they were born in Papua New Guinea what so, yeah so my my parents were classic 70s missionaries so um, yeah so they lived in Papua New Guinea for like 7 years so that's my brother and sister were and then when they came back after they'd finished um, came back to the UK. That's where they went back home to Wales, and that's where I was born. And then, yeah, career change for Dad. He then moved back. Well, then we, I don't know, actually, the story of us moving to Australia to start with. But um, he ran, he started his own business in, like, manufacturing because he's a, a mechanical engineer and a teacher, like, both double degree. And so he was, um, he started an engineering business that, Ended up failing, which was really interesting. We we'll get into that later. Um, and then I think he moved to then we moved to Adelaide because of that, like him finding new work. Yep. So, yeah, started from scratch again. So we grew up with, you know, it's like you, you just think kids are kids and everything's normal. Um, it's only in hindsight you look back and you go, oh wow, we we weren't in the best part of town, and and then you realise, oh that's right, we didn't have a car until I was like seven years old, and. We didn't, you know, and it was an old second-hand car, and you kind of look back and you go, yeah, all right, eh? Um, we never went on holiday for a family until I was about 12. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that. But we, um, I'm extremely grateful. My parents are still together. They are amazing, and I love them to death. Um, extremely grateful for their parenting, their parenting style, their um, their commitment to us as a family like they were very old school in the fact of you know English you know don't argue in in public and stuff like that but you know I can remember at one point we were taking a flask of Milo to school for lunch that's all we had so no breakfast just a flask of Milo because you know it was tough and so we just thought it was kind of cool wow we get Milo not really realising why (laughs) Um, you know but I never felt like we weren't without. And 
yeah, it was, they were just incredible parents. Completely, yeah, completely um, just had fantastic family. Extremely grateful. I, I used, I think that I, for a long time, I've thought that's normal. <clears throat> but the more I, I learn, the more I talk to other people, that is, that's far from normal. That's quite abnormal now. Um, and so everything that Simone and I do as a couple is extremely <clears throat> based on her, her mum and dad who are an incredible family in their own right and my mum and dad and we just taken the best bits from both of those families to I guess uh, cultivate a home that makes our children the best socially contributing adults that they can be by the time they're older. Do you look back now and or even upon reflection, did you ever get bullied for taking Milo to school or not having food? No, nah, look, I think there was there was a few t- times when that happened, but it wasn't like permanent, you know. It was just rough patches, but they were very good at just kind of not uh, not letting on as to what was really going on, I guess. You know, there was good times and there was not so good times. But Dad was an extremely hard worker and so... Uh, I think that's where I get kind of my bent for just getting after it. He, um, he, yeah, he he did a very good job at, at working his way up with zero reputation within the Australian manufacturing industry, um, and eventually got to quite quite a decent job in Adelaide, and and that's when kind of things started to happen, and yeah, we started to live a bit better, and but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's an incredible man, and uh, and. Yeah, did everything for the family that he could, but ended up being quite, quite good. And, and but he had did these weird things like, you know, the Gath surf helmet. Do you remember that from the nineties? There was like this helmet that people used to wear for surfing, and I never got believed when I was a kid for this. But he still got all the original engineering drawings because he was a draftsman, as a, like a design engineering designing guy, and so yeah, he did all the original sketches for the manufacturing process of that helmet, which is pretty cool. Other things like that. What was the helmet for? Like it was like a surf helmet, so like guys would wear it. It's like this thin helmet that they would wear when they surfed, so that if they like hit reefs and stuff, they wouldn't. Oh, okay, yeah. Jeez, oh yeah, man, crazy. So I didn't get bullied for that. I was pretty. I was very. Um, I was right in the middle at school, as in I was. Me and my brother were generally good at all kinds of sports, but we weren't the best. Best, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you weren't first pick for dodgeball, but you're like nah, fourth oh, or fifth. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, no, a bit better than that. Like we're always competitive. Okay. Um, so I think in the sports day was massive in primary school and I was second place to Jared Pomeroy every single year, I think until year seven. And then all these weird kids that started growing early and I didn't, they all like, you know, took off. So we were generally pretty sporty, um, which kept me, you know, in like good middle ground for... So we never got bullied, not 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 other than just normal school stuff. Yeah, like you know, boys get picked on, and or you do something stupid, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so then you get you know you get a name or whatever for yourself. But no, nothing nothing too major. All right, we'll talk about school. So yeah. primary school, where what was your primary school? Primary school, Happy Valley Primary School. So southern suburbs of like right south of Adelaide. Um, I was the. Um, Peter would do great if only he applied himself a bit more. Okay. That was like every report card. Yep. But I don't think, I was never academically great when I was a kid. It was almost like when I hit puberty, like my body grew and so my brain did as well. 
and nothing quite clicked very well. I can remember sitting there doing this pop quiz like for maths and sitting next to my mate and I'm just like, and the teacher's like, now write down all the prime numbers between 20 and 40 or something like that. And I was like, dude, like what, what is a prime number? And he's like, you know, and I'm like, no. I've got this vivid memory of, it's one of my primary school memories. Just had no clue and just felt so like, oh, just, I've got no idea. But um, yeah, maths ended up being a more, much more of a strong suit for me later on in life. So it's just weird. Like just didn't click when I was a little kid. I was just too much running around, having fun and throwing glue sticks at the roof and like, you know, <laughs> spit balls and all that kind of stuff. So did you get in, did you ever get in trouble? trouble? Uh, no, because I was um, probably, I was too scared of what would happen at home. Yeah. Yeah. So I find I really struggle with the the gosh um you talk to kids now and there's just zero fear and there was no power at school the teachers had no power at school when i was there mm. but the assumed authority was still there and therefore you behaved yes and not only that but i was of the generation that like if you got in trouble at school it didn't matter whether you were actually you know wrong place at the wrong time whatever you still got trouble at home as well. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got a detention. Oh, now you're going to get a smack or yep. now you're going to get, you know, grounded for a week or two because you must have done something wrong yep. or else the teacher wouldn't give you detention. So, yeah. Uh, so that kept us in check a lot. Like, we did a lot of naughty stuff. Hey, man, man, we used to, like, do a lot of naughty stuff, but there was always this level that we never went over. Like, swearing at teachers was just never done. Just never done. And, but, you know, we would do a lot of other stuff. But then there was also a lot more freedom to do other things like we would bring a change of clothes. Like this wasn't allowed, but we would just bring extra shorts and T-shirt to school in summer. And then when the sprinklers would go off, we would just like go sick and like point the sprinklers at people and we would run around and have a great time at lunchtime. And then we'd like come in, like sneak our other clothes back on and like go back to school like there was no, no issue. Like on the oval, you know, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and now it's like kids can't even go outside and the rain bell goes and they have to go inside. So, you know... That's it a was very like, good point. Yeah. It was, yeah, an interesting time, which is kind of hard for me because my son, you know, I want him to do and experience a lot of fun stuff. But um, I, I don't want to say, oh, the world's a different place now. Um, but it, it seems like it is. Like, we would come home from school and it would be in the door, chuck your bag down, rip your school T-shirt off, put a different T-shirt on, and then I'll be out on my bike, goodness knows where, mm. until the street lights came on and then it was like, you've got to be home. And that was like every day after school. Man, oh, there's so many things I want to, to, to go down. Because as a teacher, you know, I, I fully agree. And it's kids back chat more now than ever. And I, like I was saying, even, I remember at school, if you, even just like when the deputy principal would walk past, like yeah. the deputy, like that you was would, an authority You would figure. walk to the sides of the hallway. Yeah. Right? Even, even the older kids, like, you know, if we move forward into high school. So I did year eight. So primary school just kind of came and went. I did year eight in, in Australia, and that was very normal year eight. Like, mm. you know, um, it was, you know, Nirvana and, like, Silver Chair had just come out sure. not long, and it was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are 16, and they're, like, on the radio. Yep. You yeah. Know, this is, po- like, that's possible. What the heck? You know, Quicksilver and, like, Rip Curl and skating and surfing was all at its peak. NBA, like, Jordan era, all of that. Um and so, yeah, and then left that and went to England, which is completely different. So year eight was completely normal. 
but um, yeah, I don't really have that many memories of year eight. It was just because it's, but it was very much like those are the year 12 tables. You cannot sit there. Like, don't even think about mm, it. Mm. Um, if you're walking down the hallway and there's year, and maybe year, year 10s or 11s and above, like year 11s and 12s, if they're walking down the hallway and you're coming the other way, you'll like stop and like put your backs to the wall and then they walk past like and continue the conversation. Like, you know. So what was the comparison between Australia high school and um, high school overseas? Yeah. Um, the system was slightly different. So in- England's very um, you know, strange in the fact that here... Uh, I'm just looking at our town as we overlook it. Um, but here, it's um, the socioeconomic lines are more blurry, whereas there you would literally have a postcode on one side of the road and a different postcode on the other side of the road, and one will be housing trust and one will be middle like middle class. Wow. Uh, well, Liverpool was like that. I don't know what the rest of you know the country was like, but it seemed like the other cities I went to were like that. And so I went to... We were living in a nice place, in a nice area, but went to a school that was very close to us, but was maybe, I'd want to say like 40%, 40, 40 to 50% um, like asylum seekers from either Somalia or Lebanese or, um, yeah, Sudan. Was it Sudan back then? Definitely Somali. Um and yeah, some Middle Eastern. So it was, yeah. So it was quite a rough school. Um, but I got out of I got out of a lot of issues because I was Australian. Like so, what? Like oh, as in, um, you know, if you looked the wrong way at someone or whatever, you'd just be like, oh, sorry, mate, and they'd be like, oh, okay, whoa, yep, hang about, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're so, like, as in rough, where they just like. Fights or well, I'm going to say yeah. stabbings, but like no, nah, it was it was rough. Like and their fighting style was different. So in Australia, in year eight, if you got in a fight, it would be like everyone would make the circle, be a like, fight, fight. Yeah, everyone would gather around, and let the two guys duke it out. In England, it was all talk, all talk, because if you hit the ground, you get stamped. Like, uh, so if there's like four dudes on one side, four dudes on the other, right? It just all be verbal, all be verbal, because as soon as like someone threw a punch or a headbutt or something, if it went down to the ground, everyone on the other side would just jump on you and like stamp you. So it was like, do whatever you can to not get to the ground. Wow. Yeah. So it's a bit, a bit and crazy. And you witnessed that? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. What did yeah. the teachers do? Or they? Um, so so it, interestingly enough, the English. England was more advanced in... So what we're talking about now and the difference between my generation then and what's happening now, mm. it was almost like England was further down the timeline towards what we are now. Okay. So it was like another like 10 years advanced in the disrespect. So kids wouldn't swear, but they would, they would chat back a lot more. But I don't know whether if that was because of the social demographic in my school versus what I had in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, and then, so you fin- did you finish uh, high school in England or did you come back yeah. here? Yeah, I finished. So their system's slightly different. Um, they go uh, year year eight and nine is in, is just kind of this junior high school, I guess. And then year nine and 10 are grouped together. No, sorry, I've got that wrong. Yeah, eight and nine are group. Yeah, yeah, eight and nine are kind of just normal high school, junior high school. No, I had it right. 
then your nine, your ten, and eleven are grouped together called GCSEs. Okay. And which is, you can do your GCSEs and you do all the normal kind of subjects, you know, with a couple of electives, but all the normal electives like you know home ec or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then there's also the uh, what they would never say, but is the dumber version called GNVQ. Okay. Um, some of the classes would be over across both, like English would be across both or whatever, but yep. then GNVQ would have different electives. Um, and then once you finished your, what I did was GCSE, so year 11, you can then go to do a TAFE kind of equivalent and then go on to do uni, mm-hmm. or you stay in high school and you do your A-levels, which is year 12 and 13, okay. with fewer subjects, and then with A-levels, you then go directly into uni. If you want, if that's your path. And which way did you go? Um, I did A levels, so I did. Um, so again, yeah, in Liverpool, I did okay in high school, like my grades and stuff. But again, it was just no zero application. Like yep. I just, I was skateboarding and I was BMXing and drumming and just rocking out and whatever. So I did. In my grades weren't that great, but. I still did A-levels, so I did physics, maths, and graphic design, and then there was like a general subject that everybody did, okay. kind of like general studies type thing. Um, yeah. Looking back, do you think it was important to do to well? To finish? Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm torn between... Um, uh, I'm a big believer that just because it's hard and you don't enjoy it doesn't mean you shouldn't have to do it. Okay. And so, because in life, people go to work and it's hard and they don't enjoy it necessarily all the time, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just got to do it and you got to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm kind of on the fence between make kids, make kids do school anyway versus if you don't like it, just leave and find something else to do. Yeah. Now, I don't... I don't think that uni is for everybody. Yep. I don't think that telling all kids finish high school and go to uni... No, I don't think it's right at all to tell kids, uni, you should know what you want to do now mm-hmm. so that you can pick the right high school subjects to then do a university degree. And because once you finish university, you'll get a job in the job that you want to do and you'll work that job the rest of your life. It's absolute, nice. it's absolute garbage. Yeah. I did a... Um, <laughs> pretty funny story. I did a... Um, uh, a high school careers chat at Tennyson one time uh, when I was working at a forestry company here. They're like, oh, you know, we want to do a, get a mix of people and, you know, you're younger and closer to the high school kids and stuff like that. And so I went along and I had this kind of speech ready to kind of go, you know what, it doesn't matter if you think you you don't know what you want to do yet, don't worry. You know, look at, you know, all the adults in this room, they've all had multiple career changes in their whole life don't stress, mm-hmm. just just don't worry about what you want to do. Just learn how to apply yourself and learn how to learn while you're here. And then if you go to uni, it doesn't actually matter because you can study uni when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to do it straight away. But then this guy from a, uh, like a careers something or maybe like a, uh, a training provider or something okay. yeah. came on before me and he's like, this is the most important decision of your life. You know, you have to get this right. You need to know what you want to do. It's so hard if you... And I was just like, 
I, I couldn't then go on and 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 completely like railroad what he said because I didn't think that was polite. So I just gave a very watered down version and just talked about hard work. And if you're going to go into a job, just just uh, go in and work hard and be open to learning. And just gave a completely just different speech off the fly because yeah, I couldn't railroad him. But it was just I was just listening to this guy and I'm like, you're an idiot. Do you wish he said what you were going to originally oh, say I now? Know, I don't know, man. Life's short to worry about that kind of stuff. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so you went to uni, I'm guessing? Um, no. Oh! So, <laughs> so I um, I was way too preoccupied with, um, yeah, drumming and skateboarding to do well in my A-levels. So I think, I can't even remember what I got. I think I finished maths. I did... Um, because it's two years, I, we did the first year in physics and I think all of us tanked, like the whole class. My, yep. the, but the class is like seven people. Seven kids. Yeah. So I think we all tanked and so we basically repeated that whole year to get like an associate A-level in in physics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like next level stuff, man. It was like, it was proper, it was it was legit physics. It was tricky. <laughs> yeah. um, maths was good. I loved maths. Um Again, teacher, Mr. Purnell, he had this grey mullet. He was feared by all the children. Yep. He never did anything. He never shouted. He never did anything like that. But as soon as you're like, are oh, you in Mr. Purnell? Oh, my gosh, you're in Mr. Purnell's class. Oh, you can't. You, you, he, never, he doesn't let you get away with anything. You can't make a sound. And so you went in there with this, like, oh, what a, you know, I can't make any noise. Mm. I have to be completely submissive. Mm-hmm. And he just stood there and he walked in and he would just like start writing the date on the board and would just go like this, like just look over for everyone listening. He would just glance over his shoulder and go, textbook's out. And we would just get that textbook's out. Page 27. We'd just do it. And his, his class ran like that the whole day, the whole time you were there. No one said a sound. Wow. He, wouldn't even, he would never even raise his voice. If he heard talking, he would just go like this and just pause, pause writing and just pause. And just slowly turn his head and it would just stop. And you would hear it stop. And he'd look back and keep writing. That's sick. I wish it was like that, man. So he's, he, he did something at some stage to strike the fear of God in all these kids. And then after that, he had the reputation that you just didn't say a word. I've got to ask. Yeah. Did you learn something in his class? Yeah, man. It was like A-level math, mathematics. So was, he's good at his job. Yeah. You learn everything. But it was like... Um, yeah, it was, it was, you will write the date on the top left corner and you will underline it in red, double underline. You have to have a red pen and a blue pen. Yep. And you have to write your name in the top right hand corner and it has to be neat on every single page. And you need to number your pages. So when I get pages from you, I want numbers on the bottom right hand corner. And then, so we would do basically every lesson in A levels was he would work through a topic. So quadratic equations, say. He would do that, do the examples. You would write some examples. And then that was it. And then that night, we would have about an hour's worth of questions on that topic to do. Next day, new new topic. Or new, or like a, an extension of that mm-hmm. current one. Mm-hmm. And that's how it would run. You would run through examples in the day, in class. You go home, do like two hours of homework. Pink Floyd on the wall, on the record player. Yep, off you go. And then, yeah, do all the examples. And man, you had to have them right. 
Okay, and if he did, did anybody like not listen to what he like? Did anyone break the rules? No, I, no, they didn't because he taught high level maths. So in GCSEs in the year ten and eleven, mm. he was high level maths, and so it was all the good kids and all the smart kids that wanted okay. to be there. Yeah, and then in A levels, like you were choosing to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were like, I want to do maths because I want to do engineering or I want to do you know whatever in uni, mm-hmm. and I need maths. Mm-hmm. So you would do it and. You were more, you, you wanted to be there. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, didn't go to uni. What did we do instead? No. So, school finished? Then um, what are we doing? Aside so from Tony Hawken and <laughs> Travis Barker. Um, so, I worked through most of high school there in a furniture shop. I did work experience at a furniture shop. I used to, I, I love working my hands. I love woodwork. Um, so, I worked for these two guys on Saturdays. And five pounds <laughs> for the whole Saturday. Wow. <laughs> five pounds is like 10 bucks. Um, and I was I was like legit slave labor. So it was called W. Kelly and Sons. So if you're playing at home, look up W. Kelly and Sons in Liverpool and look at the building. I painted that whole building on a ladder with a paintbrush by myself with no one holding the ladder. It's like as tall as that. For ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. Ten bucks a Saturday. But I loved it, man. Wow. They had yeah. I was like using a full like industrial table saw oh, okay. with like zero supervision. Like they would be upstairs like doing stuff, and I'd be just like Bruh! cutting these like massive ten foot long bits. <laughs> That's I loved cool. It. That's cool. But I got to like I taught myself how to use a lathe. I taught myself how to use like the dovetailing machine to like make the drawers and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely loved it. So I worked there every Saturday. And then we went on a holiday and I was kind of getting tired of it because I wanted to just, you know, have my Saturdays back. Yep. And just kind of never went back. But I loved it working there. So then I didn't do any other work. So when I finished A-levels, I took a gap year. Yep. And I was going to um, Liverpool because obviously Beatles, there's a Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts. It's like a performing arts university Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, set up by Paul McCartney. And I was going to do sound engineering so I wanted to do like either sound like studio work or live gig stuff. Um, but my, f- I was tossing up between that and going to the Marines. So I was going to, I was wow. going to, wanted to do special forces in the Marines. So I took my gap year and started working at this hi-fi shop, which was just the coolest job I've ever had. Um, and in, during that gap year, I was supposed to be, building up um, a, uh, what's it called, portfolio of yep. recorded work, stuff like that, um, to then apply for uni, mm-hmm. but didn't end up doing that. But <laughs> just, again, too much skateboarding. Yeah. And now I was working, so I had money. So yeah. it was like eating McDonald's and skateboarding. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, nine months into working there, nine months into my gap year, um, um, Simone's dad, who's a pastor in church here, at a church here in town, he said to me, hey, do you want to come over to Australia for like six months and just come hang out? And we've got a couple of little grommets that want to learn how to play the drums and stuff. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just, you know, what are you doing? You're doing anything? I'm like, not really. Well, I'm working this place, but, you know, it's like, oh, come live in Australia for a bit. I've got a mate who'll give you a job and, uh, and you can like come and chill for a bit. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I did that. So came out here and worked with... So, but the, firstly, the hi-fi job uh, worked for a very cool guy who taught me a lot about customer service and a lot of cool little things, just the wickedest job ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 
So how old are you? Like 18, um, 19? 30. Oh, at that time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't even know how old I am now. 38, 39? Oh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, 18 or 19 or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then you've, Simone's dad gone, okay, come over to Australia. Yeah. And you're like, you are got myself a one-way ticket because I was like, oh, I don't know how long I'll be here for. You know, I'll buy it when I want to return. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, 19, oh, yeah, I was 19. When I moved to here, I was 19. So, just told mum and dad, I'm like, yo, we're going, I'm going. They're like, go for it. That's awesome. Yeah, so. All right, so you've, you've made so it to Australia. Here, yep. Started working for uh, who's still a very good friend of mine. Um, absolute legend. Heart of gold. Most generous guy you'll ever meet, Pete Jennings. He owned a petrol station. And uh, so, I worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, I think, the first like seven or eight months of being here, um, hanging out with Simone a lot. So we knew each other from Adelaide days. So I've known her since I was five. Okay. Um, so a similar time to when we moved back to Liverpool, um, they actually moved down from Adelaide to, down to Mount Gambia. So we were hanging out, um, started hanging out a lot, started hanging out more. And mm-hmm. then it was like, oh no, she's like my sister. You know, uh, I'm not going to be here for long. Like, we're not going to start anything. But then it was just, dude, just fell head over heels in love, hey? So she's amazing. Um, so we had then a serious discussion, as serious as you can be at now, like 1920. Yep. Um, you know, do we want to pursue this? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yes. So, because I was like, oh, I'm not going to start something with this girl, not let alone any girl but someone whose families are best friends with each other because that would just be, like, bad news. And, like, as in to break it up and then move back to Australia. Yeah. So I was like, well, we're not going to start this unless I'm going to stay here. And then was, I don't know what the timing was, but at a similar time, a friend then said to me, hey, I've got this apprentice mechanic and he's an idiot and he's going to get the sack next week, you know. I love anything loud, fast and shiny, right? Okay. So that's my jam. So... Uh, he's like, do you want to do a mechanic apprenticeship? I was like, okay. So yeah. So I left the servo and went and did my mechanic apprenticeship. So yeah. But I do go to uni at some stage. Yeah. The story's coming. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah, for a for rewind, it. rewind. So you, you and Simone knew each other from childhood. Yeah. 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 How'd you keep in contact? Were you like letters and stuff? No, no. Like, so we were just really close family friends. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, so our mums and dads were both really good friends. So we were hanging out all the time when we'd have dinners and stuff like mm-hmm, that or lunches mm-hmm. or whatever. But when you moved back or when you went back to England? No, we hardly chatted at all. Yep. Yeah. It was just out of sight, no out Facebook. of mind. No, it didn't exist, man. <laughs> we were talking about Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. have to like lick a stamp and put it on a piece of paper. Did you do that? No, we didn't ever, we never wrote. Wow. No. So like when he reached just... out, was was that a letter or was that a phone call or like? No, they came to visit. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so right, Rudy, right. Rudy came by himself to visit with a team of people. So, um, uh, yeah. So that were, that were, he was staying with us at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was like, oh, Rudy's coming you know, to England. He's going to visit. Oh, come and stay. And while he's there, he's like, hey. I mean, I don't know if you ever met him. He's very charismatic. Um He's like, man, you know, come, you should come to come to Australia and teach these kids some drums. Wow. Okay. I was like, yeah, Roger that. All right. So yeah. you've picked up your apprenticeship. Did yeah. you finish it? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, dude, I got apprentice of the year every year I was there. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I got signed off early. Um, 
So it's a four-year apprenticeship, but the third year, like it's three years of, I guess, TAFE type mm-hmm. or whatever work. Um, yeah, it did really well. It just didn't, I wanted more in such that um, I would look at world rally teams and Formula One and be like, that's the pinnacle of working on cars, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd done enough. For the cars that we had in the shop that we were in and the type of work we were doing, I wasn't getting challenged anymore. Yep. So like, oh, replace the head on a Falcon, sure. You know, change this gearbox on a Toyota Camry, sure. You know, do suspension and brakes on this whole car. Yeah, easy. Give me yep. a day, I'll be done. Yep. So it was... You know, there was guys doing cool stuff, don't get me wrong, in town, but they're all like solo guys that were, you know. Um, yeah, but then pretty much towards my, during my fourth year, I'd finished my third year. So I'd finished all my TAFE, like my um, study work. Um, during my fourth year, uh, a friend of mine who worked in the forestry industry, she was an accountant. She, we were chatting at dinner one time and she's like, you know, so what's happening? And now I'm like, so we'd had Levi by that stage. So I was like, you know, 20, gosh, how old was I? Early 20s as an apprentice mechanic earning like $15 an hour mm. with a house to rent and a wife and a child. Mm. I'm like, this is not sustainable. Yep. Um, and we were ch- chatting over tea one night and she's like, you know, um, you know, I'm not, this is how much I earn. She's like, what? You know, I've got a kid straight out of year 12 doing a gap year. He's about to go to uni in like two months. Like, he earns more than you do. Come and work for me. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> what, what, what am I doing? And she's like, oh, it's just like, you know, pretty basic stuff. Like office work within the forestry industry, you know. Yeah. Handling t- chip dockets, bit of data entry, looking after a logging system, like computer system that just holds data, like masses of data. Mm-hmm. Paying some, like organizing contractors' pays and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll be down for that. So talked to um, the boss and got signed off early for my apprenticeship and then yeah moved there and finally grew hair back on on my hands (laughs) and then so started that and then that's when I started my accounting degree wow that's a lot of changes yeah you just gotta roll with it man you just gotta you just gotta see the opportunity I think what what it was is that when opportunities came up I just you know is it, does it have potential to be good? Yeah. Is it going to be bad? Well, not that I can see, so just go with it. So you never, like, doubted the the choice of, like, something bad happening? Like, it's like, this is going to be good or? No. Nah. Nah. Wow. No. Nah. That's crazy. I've got a very strong faith. Yeah. So the idea of um, not, the idea of something not succeeding for something outside of my control is uh, is not is is a doubt that I've learnt to squash. That's sick. And yeah. when did that come? As in the faith or just just being able to squash the doubt? Um oh, it's just a lifetime of of learning, right? So cuz I think a lot of people always think that it's not that it's too hard, but it's they always the negative is always stronger than the opportunity, if that makes sense. Like it's fear's a liar, dude. Fear is a liar. Care to elaborate on that? Like, tell me what you fear, and I'll tell you that it's a lie. What about death? Why do you fear death? 
Because then it's all over. Says who? Uh, that's a good, I don't know, some medical dude. I don't know. That's a, I don't know, the heart? I don't know, the brain? <laughs> Just, you know, you need all that. Oh, man, okay. Yeah, where I are we mean, going? Where are we going? This is where good. do you want to go, bro? All right. So you don't, you don't fear death? No. Two things. It's either or. Yeah. You either believe that you are more than just a body, as Scott would say, a, a meat bag. Yeah. Um, so you either you either believe that or you believe you're more. Mm. And so if you believe you're a meat bag and then you die, there is zero consequence because it's just over. So why do you fear it? You're leaving someone behind. Mm. So if you believe that we've been here for, you know, however many hundreds of thousands or millions of years, mm. you now suddenly, we, for, from no purpose, right? So the Big Bang happened however many billions of years ago, randomly by two rocks that seem to exist on their own, smashing into each other. And, you know, over millions of years, some slug crawled out the earth and now, you know, we're walking around on iPhones. Yeah. And then you die and there's no consequence and then that's the end of it. Why do you think that your 35, 40 years, 30 years of life mm. within that billions of years even matters to then think that you're leaving some kind of legacy short? Yeah. Right? So that's one side of it. Yep. The other side is that you're created by a God that loves you. Mm. You were made for a reason. Mm -hmm. You were made for a relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, your, pur your life has a purpose. A craftsman doesn't make something for no purpose. An artist doesn't make a sculpture for nothing. Mm -hmm. So you're here for a reason. You're made for a reason. You're made on purpose. Mm. And then when you die you go on to then finish the rest of that life with that person that made you. I guess I just don't know. That's cool. Don't, you don't have to know straight away. But not thinking about it is a mistake. Not thinking about it? Is that what you said, sorry? Yeah. Okay. Like I've, you know, I mean, geez, in this day and age being... Have, being a Christian and having a faith is a bit controversial, but no one has a problem with someone that centers their Zen or Yen or Ying, whatever, in meditation, their yeah. energy. Like, that's just, like, really profound and, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But if you seem to put your faith in something else like that, then then it's kind of weird. It's like, oh, okay, that's a bit unfair, but whatever. So I've been... Oh, don't worry, man. I've been dealing with this a long time. But... To to just go like, oh, yeah, I don't know what happens after death, like, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not bagging you out. I'm I, just saying, oh, think about it. Mm, I've never thought about it. I just think, yeah. I, I guess I haven't thought. Not everyone does. And, you know, at some stage people do. And you just got to ask it. And some people are like, oh, I don't care. I'm like, that's cool. No biggie. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to know why I don't fear things, 
there's a few, there's there's lots of things that I would think, and if you know, if we had ten hours, we could talk about lots and lots of things, and a lot of them could possibly be controversial. Mm. But I was explaining to someone a little while ago that you're asking me, you got a house of cards, right? This massive like twenty stack of cards. Yep. And you're pulling one of those cards out, and you're asking me to explain just that one card in isolation, without all the other cards underneath it that actually help it stand up. So I've got this lifetime of building these little cards, building this card house mm. over, you know, with life struggles, with listening to people who I respect, with listening to mentors, you know, reading my Bible and learning what's in there and just all of that all put together to make this house of cards. And you're asking me to explain just one of those and just pull it out. I'm not saying pull it out, the whole thing falls down. That's not what I'm saying. But as you know, a house of cards, every card is reliant on the cards underneath yeah. it. Yep, yep. So to say, why don't I fear things, bringing it back, it's like there's a whole house of cards under there, man, that's, that like, that's it gives a- me a belief in something bigger than me. So if you believe that... So I've got an incredible wife. Mm. And I have a very deep faith. Those two things, man, make me invincible. Like, Simone said to me, you know, when we're going to start Bricks, she's like, babe, if this fails and we sell everything and we live in a caravan on my mum and dad's front lawn, I still love you. I don't care. We'll get through it and we'll rebuild and we'll start again. Wow. That's legit. Yeah. And then I read in my Bible that says I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You know, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I could go on and on. Having, believing that there is something greater than me that is for me and wants me to succeed on a personal level. So don't just think there's some ethereal, you know, bearded Zeus in, in this clouds mm. with a big lightning bolt. Yeah. I'm talking about a personal relationship. Mm. with someone who I believe died for me on a cross 2,000 years ago so that I could live the life I live now. So when you've got that belief plus a wife like I have, Mm. bring it. Holy moly. And so when you say to me, I've never really thought about it, I'm like, man, how can you not think about it? How do you, I'm as puzzled as you are with me right now when I'm, as I'm saying these words, I'm thinking in my mind going, man, like, what if I didn't have those things? How would I do the things that I do? Isn't that actually skits when you think about that? Isn't it? It's nuts. We're, we're complete, like, your thoughts and my thoughts are completely different. Like, Love it. completely. Bring it on, man. It's the spice of life. Here's the problem in today's stage, though. Here we go. We can't have an, a, a measured balanced discussion of differing opinions without someone getting upset, yep. without someone getting heated or taking everything personally like I'm having a go at you. Mm. If you haven't thought about it, I'm like, oh, it makes no difference. Yeah. If you have or haven't thought about it, I'm just saying, have a think about it. Yeah. And you could fire things back at me and go, well, what about this? And why is there this? And why is there that? You know, why is there suffering in the world? Why is there pain? Why is there this? Why do people die? Why do they get sick? I've got answers for all those things, by the way. But ask them. Ask them. I shouldn't get upset because your opinions differ. 
it's like, just talk about it, talk it through. And if at the end of the day you don't agree, it's like, oh, well, I guess we differ in that opinion. But hey, we still both think that Jordan was the greatest. So let's just like go shoot some hoops and like get on with it. Like, man, life's too short to hold grudges, bro. And get upset about things like that. Why do people, what is it? Why do people get upset about it though? Um, you tell me. I don't know. I don't know. It, I'm not sure. It, it, it's stupid when I think I think there's a certain there's a huge amount of entitlementism that's that's crept into our world, and you know everything's I this I that iPhone I watch you know everything's got an eye on it, mm. and I'm just like man, it's so self centered. Mm. Like the world's bigger than all of the the world's bigger than us, dude. It's not about us; it's what we can do for other people. I I fully agree there. Yeah. Wow, okay, that now was... where do you want to go? Yeah, all right. Well, we'll go back to um, uh, Forestry McGee. Yeah. All right, so we're Forestry McGee. When was the... When did you take the step to go, that's it, time to open a cafe? Oh, man, that was a long, like, 10 years. So I worked at a forestry company uh, for 11 years, and then I, I left and went to another one for about two years, mm-hmm. and that's when I opened Bricks. So that's the timeline of, work, you know, being employed and then being self-employed. Um, the love of coffee came from Simone and I dating and coffee shopping a lot. Like, we loved to date, lunch dates and stuff like that. My sister-in-law was also living in Melbourne at the time, so we would go and visit and she, would, she was a graphic designer. She was, like, in, mm-hmm. right? She knew all the spots. She's like, come check this place out. It's down an alley. There's no sign, you know, the kind of place I'm talking yep. about. Yep. And it was just the best coffee you've ever tasted. And you'd be like, man, that is amazing. And then you come home, you'd be like, yeah, and you'd go to the two places at the time that had coffee. <laughs> and you would be like, yum, yum. And I used to drink a caramel latte with two sugars. That's sweet. Man, I've got a massive sweet tooth. You saw me smash that yeah, crane up before. I did, yeah. Like a blooming animal. <laughs> um, so, and then we'd go to Melbourne again and maybe somewhere in Adelaide, but mostly Melbourne. Mm. And like, oh, this is so good. And then we'd come back home and be like, yeah, it's okay. And we go back to Melbourne and be like, oh, man, this is even better than last time. This new spot. Oh, no, there's now there's another new spot that's the place to go. So we go there and it's like, oh, this is heaven. And then we come back home and we're like, meh, this is pretty average. And so the, the, um, the difference between the two became greater and greater. Yeah, yeah. And then I think someone bought us a little espresso machine for home, um, and so I started making coffee at home. Um, and then I got onto like a home roasters website, which was just a coffee forum, like talking about coffee stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, home roasting. Oh wow! So like, built, like started using a popcorn popper, I was roasting my own coffee. Um, started buying beans from elsewhere. Managed to convince my own. F- to let me spend 500 bucks on a, on a big coffee machine, a proper coffee machine. Um, it was an old cafe, like single group one. So mm-hmm. it was like a legit machine, but just like secondhand and like 10 years old, right? But it still worked fine. So I put this behemoth in the kitchen and then started making better coffee at home than what I could get in town. Yep. And I'm like, right, oh. So then started roasting more and then started, you know, roasting coffee what I thought without spending like 60 bucks a kilo better coffee than I could buy anywhere locally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making it at home better than I could make it than I could get it anywhere so I'm going right cool this is my this is something I love doing and then somewhere along the line I can't remember the timeline um, 
the the church had a market like a Saturday market like bring your wares and stuff and sell so we're like dude we should do like a coffee van like a coffee cart like my mate Jason at the time is like yeah man let's let's make a little coffee cart thing and we'll like make coffees for everyone it's like cool and then they're like we should use your beans like can you roast up enough to like like use and sell and I'm like yeah so at the time I had this little be more be more 1600 roaster which could roast like 300 grams that was it okay um, and so would roast that and then so spend hours and hours roasting and roasting and got like a bunch of bags up and then we're like oh we've got to put a name on it and so in all the years coming leading up to this point um, we were Simone and I would sit in cafes and drink and dream and dream about opening something of our own one day mm-hmm. one day oh man if I had a place oh, like this over here and from this shop I'd do that and like from that shop I like the way their staff do this and from this shop over here I love the entrance and so we would just dream and then so we had the name Bricks and Mortar in our minds already Yeah. and I think at that point we'd even looked at maybe uh, one or two places in town that would kind of come up for sale and then went off and we'd like you know look and then be like but we had no money man like we had nothing to be able to afford it so then we would dream about that and then so when we started putting this bag this coffee in these bags we're like oh we've got to put a name on it we can't just like sell blank bags yeah it smells like bricks and mortar and we're like yeah so we like print the stickers on the printer at home like put them <laughs> on the bags and we're like oh my gosh did we just like start a coffee thing like did we just do that and then it was like, well, we better get like a food business number because, you know, we're selling a product. Mm. Oh, I better get an ABN because like, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And I was like, man, we just like started a, a business. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And we're like, wow. So at that point I was, yeah, doing all of that whilst working for this forestry company. And that was intense because that was, um, that got busy. So I would work all weekends um, once a month for month end. But then um, the business sold off all the sawmills that it had and it just became forestry. And so we went from like, you know, 2,000 staff across the whole of Australia down to like 13 or 14 of us here. Wow. So my role changed a fair bit. So I took on like an assistant accountant role because I was still doing the accounting degree at the same at the time. Um, so I was doing that while doing the coffee stuff. And then, you know, took on all the IT at this place, took on like all the telecoms and that was basically the, the office kind of guy because everyone else was like managers of departments yep, and yep, I was yep. just the associate, you know, assistant accountant kind of dude. And, and bro, we would be doing like, the systems weren't great and it was very manual. So we would pull like 70 hours, 80 hour weeks over month then like for a fortnight. And then it was like a rest week. And then it was prep for month end and there'll be another two or three, two weeks of 80 hours. So some weekends it was like 90 hours. It's just like work from work till like six, go home, f- eat some tea, kiss the kids a good, a good night, go back into work till one in the morning. Wow. Two in the morning and then rinse from Pete. Did you burn out? No. No. No, oh, man. You say sleep when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like about seven years worth of that so that's full on yeah it was busy but I always thought that there was there was going to be an avenue but then one day I, when I started doing payroll um, I learned that I think I'd stopped doing my accounting by then 
I was like, nah, this sucks. So stopped doing that because I was doing an associate degree, but I was doing one sub- subject a, a semester. Uh, so it's going to be like dude, eight, years. eight yeah. years to get an associate degree. I was mm. like, stuff that. Um, and the thing is, is I was learning everything I wanted to anyway. And then I was learning that you can get roles like that without actually having the degree. Yep. So I'm like, what's the point of the degree? Yeah. Unless you want to work for a big four, right? And then, you know, anyway. Um, so yeah, I was doing mad hours there. Also roasting side hustle with with kids and it's busy. Yeah. Wow. I didn't have a holiday for about six years. I went on, I finally got, because I wasn't allowed to take holidays over a month in, so that means I could never take more than a two-week holiday. Yeah. Um, so then it was kind of hard, so I had to line up with no, no busyness at work, plus, like, if school holidays happened to be in there, yep. plus Simone being available. Yeah. So... I think at one point I took, I cashed in 10 weeks of leave. I took a four-week holiday when I changed roles in that business. Mm-hmm. And I still had like six weeks of leave in accrued. Wow. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Fun? Yeah. All right. Wow. I went to training. I had a training in Melbourne one, one year. I think I might have told you this story before. I'm not sure. So at this point, I think I had wholesale customers. So I was still roasting on my little Beemore. So 300 grams at a time. So someone goes, oh, hey, I need six kilos. Yeah. And so each batch is like 15, 12, 15 minutes. Yep. Right? So oh, you do the math. A lot. Yeah, that's what. So one day I came home from work and... That's a day. I know. It's 12, a lot. 240 hours. 240 minutes, sorry. So that's what? That's four hours. Yeah. Five hours. Yeah. Once so we had a coffee cart event. I had a wholesale customer roast for, and we had a coffee cart event on the Saturday. So, yeah, we decided to keep doing coffee carts as well, which is interesting. So, but I had three days of training in Sydney. It was Melbourne or Sydney. So we're flying out at 6.30, and so I got home, and I roasted coffee from the minute I got in the house till, I think, 3.30 or 4. I had, like, an hour and a half sleep, and then got on a plane. <laughs> Went to Melbourne for like three days of accounting software training. <laughs> Bro, I was so, I was, oh man, I did not take much of that in, yep, eh? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, 3.30, I just hit me at like 11 a.m. <laughs> I was like, give me coffee. But you just had to do it. Like when you've got other people relying on you for your product, you've mm. just got to do it. And coffee's weird, like it has to be aged, so you can't, so for the coffee card events, like I couldn't roast it the day before or the day, like it's got to have like three or four days to gas and rest so yeah wow all right so that was forestry let's get into these the, yeah. the bulk of these questions so <laughs> what is one thing you wish you'd known before you began your career so you can take that from being a business owner working in forestry oh, okay. or anything dude know your worth yep know your value because I spent a long time in a place that pushed me a lot, worked me very hard. And then at the end of it, I was like, hey, I've just got an offer for a job somewhere else and they're going to give me like an extra 30 grand a year for the same role. Mm-hmm. I really like you and I want to stay. Um, please convince me to stay. And they just went, oh. No? 
if you want to go, you're going to go. You've got to do what you've got to do. And I was like, do you want me to stay? No, of course we do. I'm like, are you going to try and make me stay? Oh, well, it's your decision. Wow. So I was just like, okay, I'm going. And went. Does that did that make you realise that in those sorts of like or in in roles that you are replaceable? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, or you're not as important as you're you're not important if you know what I mean. I never I've never thought I was important. I've always just wanted to work hard. Yeah, I think you know. I've got massive like team player ethos. Um, that's why I like basketball so much. Because I'm not a good... I don't score. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched me play basketball. <laughs> no, I don't no. do a lot of scoring, man. Yeah. But I hustle. Like, like I a Rodman sort of thing? Yeah, man. Yep. Rodman. Full ball, full ball Rodman. Yep, yep. Um, so I've never thought like, you know, oh, they're going to miss me. But I, w- I was more like, oh, if if I don't get this done, like I'm letting the team down. Yeah. So that's what drove me. That's and what still drives me today. I guess then when they said they didn't try and keep you, was that just like... Yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the guts, to be honest. Yeah. Because I'd I'd devoted like 11 years of proper blood, sweat and tears into Mm. that place. And uh, and I was like, oh, is that that it? Yeah, so so what what was the question again? What's one thing you wish you'd known? You said know your Uh, worth. Yeah, yeah, know your value. Because then I I realised that I was valued somewhere else or $30,000 more yeah but not just that you know like it was work hard and I think over the two years that I was there I earned even more yep so it was it was hey you're doing a great job and we appreciate you and here is a sign of our gratitude Mm -hmm. so yeah what are the best resources that have helped you along your way oh people yeah um People need to f- align themselves with people smarter than them and with people that have done it before. Yep. So the guy Pete Jennings I was talking to you about, incredibly smart businessman, incredibly um, empathetic to customers, very, very good. And I learned so much of that guy. Mm-hmm. I still ask him questions like, oh, man, I'm going to do this. Like, what do oh, I do? Um, there's a couple of guys in Melbourne who run really, really great cafes and roasteries. There's people all over the place. Tony Veronis was a, an extremely big help for Simone and I. Mm-hmm. Um, she, we were like, she she'd be really helping us this much. She was a, she was amazing. She's an amazing woman. Like, yeah, I've got nothing but respect for her. Um, we were like, we want to open something. We don't know how to do it. What do we do? And she was like, right, this this and this. Let's meet up. Let's meet up for a, a chat next week okay we'd go there okay have you done this this and this have you thought about this this and that by the way you can do it we're like really she's like yep you can do it it'll work believe me okay so then we'd go and then like a month later we'd call her again and be like so we did those things you asked us to do now you know now we've got to do this and we're not sure and okay book in a meeting next week an hour yep Okay, what have you got? What have you done? This, this, and this. Okay, great. That's excellent progress. Blah, blah. What about this and this? Oh, yeah. You can do it. She was amazing. And so having someone to tell you that's done it and is successful already, mm. that, yeah, actually, you will be able to do it. 
was just mind-blowing. Yeah. So, yeah. So aligning myself with people like that that have done it before, that are smarter than me, because, man, I'm not the smartest guy. I haven't done this before. But ask people that have. Like, why reinvent the wheel? Just align yourself with good people, and they'll tell you, and, and be honest and be vulnerable, and they'll help you. And, yeah. What is a common myth about your profession or field that you want to debunk? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a good one. A common myth about my profession. So I'll take it from now from roasting, like baristering and roasting. People won't really know much about roasting, so I'll just say like cafe stuff. They think I like strong coffee. Yeah? Oh, Pete loves strong... Pete, Pete's into coffee. He'll love strong coffee. Um, or they think that I'll like look down on them if they order something, you know, like a week or a decaf or something. Or they think that, you know, they get some power surge from saying, um, oh, that's not my drink though. That skinny, skinny with two sugars, half strength. That's that's his coffee. But I'll have I'll have an extra shot latte. Like, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> makes no difference, man. Just like they're just drinks. Like, yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I drink I drink all kinds of coffee, espressos, long blacks. I'll drink lattes. But if I ask for a latte, don't give me a double shot latte because I don't want. It's like you. Get on the squat rack now. Like, oh, Matt's into fitness. Yeah, you're like put put 100 k's on there for me, man. And they're like, oh, I'll give him 120. He's into fitness. He loves it. And you're like, no, I asked for 100 kilos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I want a latte, I'll have a latte. If I want an espresso, give me an espresso. What's your favorite thing to drink? What's your go-to? Oh no, what time of the day? Uh, early morning. Early morning. Early, yeah. early morning. Like a, a totally standard flat white, because I've dust styled in at the shop. And this is what I'm tasting now. This is what the custies will be tasting. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that's obviously on par. And it's like early and my palate's not woken up. So I just want something warm and sweet. Pick me up? Um, I don't need pick me ups. Really? No, caffeine doesn't do anything for me. I think I'm just overloaded. <laughs> okay. I can have, I can have How coffee. How many straight. Oh, it varies. I can have up to like seven or eight a day. Holy moly. Yeah, but sometimes it'll just be one. I freaked out. Dude, first time we went on holiday holiday, Simone and I went to Phuket. And I was like, what am I going to do? We're there like 10 days. Like there's going to be no good coffee there. Mm. And there wasn't. I didn't drink any coffee for 10 days. I was fine. Do you ever... I've noticed when I like uh, wean off caffeine, Mm. like I get massive headaches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know what it feels like when I've had too much because we've done coffee crawls and like had an espresso and a, and like a, a magic, which is a double double ristretto half filled with milk, a spro and a magic at like every shop, and we visited like seven or eight shops, like in a day. Wow! With my brother, dude, it was nuts. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and we're like, you know. Like spin my head and like the world would catch up and then like sharp sounds would be like really agitating. Yeah, that was intense. But no, I'd, I don't. Um, I don't get withdrawals or anything. But yeah, I just drink less milk through the day. So okay. I have my morning one. Yep. And then later on, I'll have one and like it'll be like with the joke is like oh seven eighths or like five sixths mm-hmm. or four fifths like to the person who might be putting the milk in. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me give me a latte. Like, well, give me a flatty. Oh, like four four fifths full, please. <laughs> And so I just progress to get less milk. And then I just end up drinking batch for the rest of the day. Batch brew, which is black coffee. Where's the best coffee you've ever had? Uh, 
the most amazing thing I tasted was on a cupping table in Port Macquarie, and it was it wasn't the fanciest coffee there. The fanciest current. Okay, rewind. Um, <laughs> cupping. <laughs> um, Cupping is a process when you like taste test coffees. So if you're okay. going to be buying green coffee, as in unroasted, mm. so then I can roast it, you will cup samples of those coffees. Okay. And it's like a weird spoon and you, get, and you slurp and it's a whole thing. So this is the equivalent of like wine tasting? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Um, and it was, uh, and there's a variety of coffee um, called geisha. Geisha, geisha. Japanese? Um, uh, no. No. No? It's, uh, they grow it in Africa and they also grow it in Brazil. Okay. Colombia. Anyway. Um, Panama. Um, and um, this guy, Carlos, who I know, he's got a import importation business from Colombia. He had this geisha. And then there was other one there that was like number two. It scored really highly in, the, in, in some other competitions and stuff. And I slurped that and it was like, oh fruit salad it was like the most delicious like mangoes peaches just this what? soft creamy smooth oh man um, so i'm talking like in a bowl like just liquid black coffee mm. um i wouldn't call it a black coffee because it's it's like all the sediments sitting at the bottom okay so basically you pour the water on to like a set amount of coffee you leave it for four minutes then you push all the crust in, and then it sinks down and you scoop a lot of it off and then you're left with like the water on top that tastes like it, and then this big sludge at the mm-hmm, bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, you just break go like that with your spoon, like just scoop a tiny bit off the top, and like, yep, yep. And the aerates and goes up and into you know your nose and, yep. and all that. And you, that's how you taste it. Oh, it's just the most delicious thing in the world. Was it expensive? Uh, it probably would have would have maybe been like eighty or ninety bucks a kilo, green. So most coffee, most coffee that you would taste would probably cost about five or six dollars a kilo green. I've seen at one place it was like two hundred bucks for a cup of coffee. Yeah, is that worth it? Um, it probably should be that much. So some green coffee goes for like, I remember I was at, um, it's Proud Marys, okay, in Melbourne, and I was in their roastery and we were cupping some coffees there. And there was uh, something on there, some micro lot that just won a cup of excellence. I don't know what it's called. Cup of excellence is a competition in Brazil for all the growers, and they enter. And it was like three hundred dollars a kilo green. So roasted, I guess you got to like at least triple that. Wow. Or double, near yeah, double, triple that at least. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay. So say it's like nine hundred dollars. Round it up to a thousand bucks for a kilo. So that's a dollar a gram. Mm. So if you've got 20 grams in a coffee, it's $20 mm. just for the, just for what's sitting in the basket. So yep. then you've got all your add-on there. So normally the, what's in the basket costs like 50 cents. That's right. 40 times. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. A cup of coffee is $4, 40 times four, it's yep. 160 bucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what's next? What shit doesn't work? Um, holding a grudge. Care to explain? Holding a grudge is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to get sick. Yo, I like that. Have you ever held a grudge? 
yeah, it's human nature. But what you've got to do is you've got to master letting it go. I've had potential to hold big grudges, but you can't. You've just got to go, one, I don't know why they made that decision. I don't know what circumstances they faced. You've just got to take yourself out of it. Yep. You've got to go, remove myself from that, look at it externally and say, for whatever reason, that person has made a decision that I didn't like or they've done something I didn't like, but I don't know what pressure they were under. I don't know what they were experiencing. I don't know how their day went. I don't know any of that. They could have been lashing out, whatever. So you've got to choose to either continuously let that bother you or you're just going to go, uh, you know, whatever, I forgive that person, let it go, and then move on. And then the next time you bump into something coals, you just, like, smile. And you just go, is hey, it, what's up? Is it ever awkward, Super though? awkward, man. Yeah. Like, of course it's awkward. What are you talking about? Absolutely. Oh, just, you just have to. But you just, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, like, ignore them and look the other way and, like, Whoa. It happens. Oh, man. Life's too short for that, dude. Like, what are you playing? Like, what, what do you achieve by doing that? All you're going to do is be awkward, alienate yourself, at least, like, allow some sort of chance for reconciliation. Mm. So if someone does something and you go, oh, stuff that person, and then, like, you don't talk, you know, you ignore them or whatever, or you, you, you know, put your hand up and hide your facing in the supermarket, how stupid is that? What are you, like, 10? What if you go, imagine, you then bump them and you go, hey, how you going? Good to see you. And it's so awkward. And you keep pushing your trolley and then you hear a voice behind you go, Pete, and you turn around and they're like, I'm so sorry. I, I just really messed up. Mm. Yeah. Fix it, man. Just fix it. That's one thing I, do, I don't do well is I don't, I can't handle if someone has an issue like that with me mm. and they don't, they don't allow the opportunity to come together and talk it out and fix it. Yeah, I find that hard. Do you prefer to fix the fix it in person or over oh, phone? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever, whatever you got. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've I've noticed that a lot of I was talking to Die from Die End. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and we were talking about um the difference between in person versus over the phone, and mm. like, well, not, okay, not not so much over the phone, but a text. And oh no, text is garbage. That's yeah. We were saying the best thing about in person is you get your answer like that. Compared to a text, you don't know what's happening. You don't know why it's delayed or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but you can't convey emotion and yeah. There's no tone. You can't, there's exactly there's zero tone in a text, and that can be so misunderstood. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Have you had a light bulb moment? And what I mean by that is, has there ever been a time where things just clicked and made sense? No, I don't think so. No? I think, no. Um, it's all in retrospect, looking back and going, yeah, that was definitely a good decision. That was a thing, yeah. 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 What's something you've changed your mind on as you've gotten older? Um, How controversial do you want to get? Mate, this is your episode. Gay marriage. Yeah? Yeah. What about it? 
I hold marriage very strongly. Mm-hmm. Like as in, as in, it's more than just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I and and the Christian community has not done a great job in um, doing what they should do. So, okay, if you play basketball, yes. And I play netball. Yes. What on earth should I be doing telling you, mate, you can't bounce the ball. Mm-hmm. You've got to pass. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, but I play basketball. And I'm like, yeah, 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 but in netball, you don't bounce the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you'd be like, why are you telling me how, how to play my sport? I'd be like, yeah, but this is, this is the way it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, gets more complicated when you're like I want to play netball I'm like yeah and then you come over and you start bouncing the ball mm. I'm like hang on a minute but the different codes have got zero need to tell each other how to play or try and explain that their way is better yep if you're now playing this sport this is when it gets super deep and maybe f- for a different topic right because um, so anyway so using that analogy one I don't know why why the um, the homosexual community care what we think yeah I mean if they want to do it well I, I must obviously because why because it's not been legal mm-hmm. so the controversial bit for me very personally is why should I care what they're doing? Um, that's when it gets a bit controversial for me as a Christian because I should be going, well, the sanctity of marriage is this and that and this is what it means, which is all true for me because mm-hmm. I'm playing netball. Yep, yep, yep. And these are my beliefs and my values. Like, There's no way you can get like an Orthodox Jew who doesn't eat pork to go around telling me or you you can't eat pork, bro. Yep. They're like, or if I'm trying to tell them, you should be allowed to eat pork. Yep. They'd be like, I don't care. Mm. This is my belief. This is my values. Like, you know, leave me be. Yep. So the controversial view I've changed is that um, I would have said in the past, no, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Because this is what I believe marriage is technically about. Yep. And now I think I'm more like, you know, if you know if they want to call it marriage and they're going to get married, then really, that that has nothing to do with me. Yep. So, yeah, it gets very much more technical if they're like, I'm a Christian and I want to get married. Yeah. I'm a Christian, I'm a gay Christian and want to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a topic for another time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When deep. did, when did you, when, when did you change your mind? Did something happen? Oh, or? Nah, it wasn't. It's maybe over the last like year because as I understood, what's the end goal? The end goal is I want people to be as happy as I am. Yep. And you're talking about fear. What are your fear? I want people to not fear like me. Mm-hmm. And there is so much about my faith that makes me 
a better person, a more capable person. I want everyone to experience that mm -hmm. and thrive in that way. And so, um, if someone was like, I want that, but I'm, I'm gay. I'm not saying at all. I'm never going to say that you can't be gay and a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm saying there is parts of those things that don't agree and you will have a hell of a time reconciling those two things. I'm a netballer. I just love bouncing the ball. Yep. That's, yep. A, that's an extremely simplistic, extremely simplistic um, analogy for a very deep, very, very personal and serious topic. Yep. But if you want to play... They're, these are the it's not just the rules but these are the values and these are yep. the ethos yep that's a huge topic man for another time but but yeah I guess my heart has just gone well if I want this person to experience what I am I need to do what Jesus did which was just love people accept people for who they are and if they then want to change it's up to them yep yeah super deep that's very deep. Yeah. I like so you just got to love them. Yeah. That, that, so, and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the Christian community has not done that very well. Okay. Because their goal should be to love everybody. Mm -hmm. We were commanded to do that. There's not many commandments in the Bible. And that was one of them, to love people. So they've got to do that first. Worry about the other stuff later. Yeah. That's, I, yeah, I'd like to, I want to hear more about that. We'll yeah, do that man. off air. Sure. What's, uh, sorry, was there yeah. ever a time that you were thankful that the pandemic happened? Oh, um, yeah. Like every day that we were still open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. We were able to change. We were fortunate that we were able to change. It looked like, from my perspective, it looked like uh, in a very narrow field in hospitality, people that had kitchens and kitchen staff they found it hard mm -hmm. um, whereas people that didn't have kitchens as in fully fledged like kitchen restaurant kitchens that could still stay open they were more able to um, adapt because mm -hmm. of the, just the business model and that. so I was extremely um, blessed by countless businesses hey you guys must be really you know finding it hard I'm like it's not easy um, you know we lost our dining and they just bought takeaways like crazy. So I'm not at all thankful that it happened, but I was grateful while it was happening that the community was what it was. So I'm grateful that I saw a, a side of the community that I hadn't yet seen. Yep. Yeah. Do you think, obviously, it would be different if... Or, or do you know people of, say, over in Victoria that that didn't happen? Bro, I had a mate... And he was the one I was talking about before. Yeah. He's got a couple of couple of cafes and a roastery. We were chatting on the phone in July. In July, yes. Because it started in March, right? Mm -hmm. He lost a million dollars worth of revenue Whoa. between being shut down in March, whatever, and when we were trying to chatting on the phone. I'm like, what the heck? How, how do you not? And he's like... Pfft. Is he okay? Over a million dollars. Oh, yeah, they're still open. Yeah. And he wow. happened to open a new location during, right at the start, like, lease is signed, bro. 
lease was signed, deals were done, mortgage was done, fit out was underway in like February. Wow. And then it's like, bow, bow. sorry, mate. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he's an incredible guy, very smart and adaptive. So I'm pretty sure he would say he would rather it not happen. Yeah. And that's just one person out of many, many, many. Mm-hmm. What's something you think everyone should try at least once? Um, I don't know. Try it at least once. Mm. Oh, apologising to someone that they should have. Bang. Yep. I like that a lot. Yeah. What do you lose? What have, ego, you what have you got to lose? What have you got to It's ego. What's an ego? Ego is a You get that person mechanism. by themselves. Get them by themselves and just be like, that thing I did, that was a jerk move. Yep. I'm sorry. Mm. If you don't accept my apology, that's up to you, man. I'm sorry. But just know I apologize and I shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. My bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say sorry. Yeah, just say it. I like this question. Yeah. Just because it's a can of worms and I like seeing what people, <laughs> people have, have, have come up with. I don't remember this one on the list. <laughs> As I said, I didn't look too hard at the list. So, Do you think boys and girls are equal? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, are you talking physically or you're talking anything? This is all up to you. You can well, take this where you want to take it. Um, I mean, I have a certain toolkit and they have a certain toolkit and therefore I think we're pretty different. Yep. Um, are they any more or less capable? Absolutely not. Um, are they any or less strong or able to do things? No. As in mentally strong? No. Are they smarter or less smart? No. They're the same. I think... <sighs> Super interesting study. Now, I'll be careful when I say this because people go, well, studies show that bloody blah, and they've never even looked at the thing. Mm. So I'm going to say people who I know have vested interests in being up to date with the said study yes. have seen studies where they take, like, I think it's Sweden. It would be the Swedish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've they've been working for an extremely long time in removing any sort of differential between female and male jobs, um, access to, you know, education, pay, all of that, just flattening it, right? Yep. And I believe from what I've heard from the result of those studies, a very simplistic conclusion is that the the flatter the base. Oh, sorry, the, the less disparity between the sexes, mm. the more specific those sexes get in gender-specific jobs. Yep. Which is pretty interesting. It is. But, hey, if you said to a girl, but, you know, you, you just assume so much, but in a really simplistic way of saying it for those listening, um, you say you've got 10% of tradies are female, mm. 10% of childcare workers are male, mm. right? Um, if you said the pay is exactly the same and the opportunities to get in there is exactly the same, you then have 5% tradies of females and 5% males, ch- males in childcare. Yep, yep. So they would think it would go the other way because, oh, there's lots of guys that want to be in childcare. Heck no. Most guys are like, I don't want to be in childcare. Mm. And most girls are like, I don't want to get my nails dirty. Mm. I just had like, you know, what are they called? Veneers or whatever. 
I should know this more when I get stuff done. Frenching? I don't know. Yeah, all that. I just have my nails done. <laughs> so I don't want to be tradey. So, I mean, gosh, I think that um, expecting... Uh, so, no. I think I think it's 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 kind of silly to ignore the fact that there's physical uh, strength and ability differences between males and females because that's kind of obvious mm. um, so saying they're different in that way yeah but I mean there's differences in different males mm-hmm. you know and I've worked with I mean I worked with Phoebe for however long yeah she kicked most guys butts like in the gym there's plenty of guys that she's stronger than so to say that guys are stronger than girls is, is garbage because you and I both know plenty of girls that are way stronger and more physically fit and more physically capable and skillful yep than lots of guys. Yes. I I see it, yeah. So, you know. I have a question. And there's, yeah. This go. is this is my, my backup question. Yeah. How come I can't go punch a girl in the face then? Why is she punch anyone in the face? No, but that's, you know, like say when people are out, girls are allowed to be so in a guy's face and hit them, throw drinks on them. And if a boy defends or retaliates by hitting them, yeah. they're seen as, they'll get the book thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Mm. If it was equal, yep. I see where you're going. Um, I would say if you're a man, why you know, you should. The last thing you should do is hit a girl. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I'd love to see a guy hit a girl so that I could just knock them out so bad. But what if it was? I never would. Though. What if? What if? What, but that's what I mean. So what if? What if the girl was fully accountable for? The, the, the action yeah. and then the dude's just going nah bonk and then yeah. all the dudes would be swarming the guy there would be so that's would be, not man. equal that's, that's my my extra I mean look room. there's 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 plenty of those and there's probably just as many um reversed rhetorical questions mm. you could ask for a girl doing something to a guy that would be f- fine uh, that would be terrible but if a guy did it it would be fine yep that's true. Why do guys? Why is it that guys can sleep around so much and be like kingpin, and then a girl does that and she gets called something horrible? I I have a theory behind that. Okay. I think because females, um, they give access to sex, and what I mean by that is, if a girl goes to a club, she has a choice of guys who she wants to go home with. The guy has to be of value to get with that girl. A guy can't just go into a club and say has like a lineup of girls because dudes are desperate for it. <laughs> oh man. That is a can of worms. Yeah, well, I'll, don't worry about that. I'll, I should do an episode on what I think, but yeah. anyway, we'll yeah. keep moving on. You have fun with that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Here's one. Here's a little one on that. Yeah. Uh, I love my analogies, man. I just, I just, I'm just such a picturey guy. Um, we're both cups. We're both mugs. You and I are a thick walled, Nescafe branded promotion mug at the back of the work kitchen. Blend 43? Yep. Sick. And she is, and they are a lovely porcelain china cup. Mm-hmm. We both have a handle. We both hold stuff. We've got an open top. We hold liquid. Um, you drink from it. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Same purpose. Yeah, same function. Absolutely same. Yep. One just needs a lot more care than the other. One's more delicate. The other one's a bit dumber and stupid and takes a bit of a beating. Yep. Yeah, treat treat them like fine porcelain. 
and they will reward you with a lifetime of enjoyment and happiness. I fully agree. Yeah. What do you think people are doing wrong in their day-to-day life? Uh, worrying about stuff. Worrying about what? Oh, whatever you think you, whatever you say you're worrying about. <laughs> yeah. And how do they, how do they in, fix in that? In everyday life? Um, no. Do you uh, worry? Yeah, of course I worry. Okay. Of course I worry, but I don't let it, I don't, I visit there, but I don't live there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like that. So you don't let it ruin the day. So it takes up maybe half no. an hour a day. No. All I need is a hug and a kiss from Simone. It'll be all right. And I'm fine. That's it. Wow. All my problems go away. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool though. Mm. I'm, I'm very lucky. Does she worry? Yeah. Of course she does. Is it the same thing? Give her a kiss and it's all good? I don't know. Okay. I, t- I tell her that every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But I don't know. Um, no, what do people do? I had, uh, I think I had one. Um, expecting, and I'm, I suffer from this as well. Okay. So this is uh, pointing myself just as much as everyone else. We as people expect things to change without our actions changing to make it change. So we complain about this, we complain about that, but never do anything about mm-hmm. it and expect it to somehow magically fix itself, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You've got to do something about it. Takes massive action. No, it doesn't take massive action. It can take very small action, but we actually have to do something. Have you read... Um... I'll tell you what. Yep. Leading up to Swinging with the Stars. I'm an eater. I eat so much food. Good. I, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I eat a lot and I have a high, high tolerance for eating sweets and snacks and mm-hmm. ice cream. I'll sit down for a movie and I'll eat a two litre tub of ice cream in one go. That's legit. Yeah. So, but I was just holding a little extra pudding. Mm-hmm. Like not much because I'm pretty active and I burn, right? Mm-hmm. Burn at both ends. Um, but I was like, no, nah, I just, you know, in case there's like a shirtless dance or something. Yeah. I was like, I just want to trim down a little. Yep. Yep. Um, and so... I knew I didn't need to do much. I was just like, stop eating a scroll a day or a leftover cronut or a leftover this or that. And when I'm at the supermarket and I'm buying a bunch of stuff, don't just don't buy that $1 special Mars bar at the till. I just stopped doing that and I lost like seven kilos. Yep. Just from not eating that stuff. But that is massive action. But it's really not. I'm looking at it, I'm going... But then, then but like... Pete, we, we nicknamed it Shredded Pete, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I like shredded wheat. But Fiona old... and I nicknamed it Shredded Pete. So I was like, Shredded Pete doesn't need a Mars bar. But and I think that, that was it. I, just I think... See, I see... Because that's... You that, think that's big? I, of course I think it's big okay. because I work in an industry where people are trying to do that. Yeah, right. And yeah, they can't. Yeah. But I think you've built habits and you've built a mindset through whatever you've done mm. that it's, you can just switch it on and off. Mm. People can't do that. Mm. Otherwise, why wouldn't everyone be shredded pee? <laughs> mate, not even. No, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, nah, yeah, yeah. nah, mate, I'm far from shredded, man. I just, yeah, I just stopped eating some junk. Yeah. What do you think most people overlook? So, what are they not doing enough of each day? Not doing enough each day. Oh, being thankful. Mm-hmm. Being grateful, man. Mm. Like, look where we live, dude. Seriously. It's pretty nice, isn't we it? We are very lucky. Um, we have amazing healthcare. I don't you, regardless of what you think of our government and who's in charge and blah de, blah de, blah. Do, does the electricity ever go off? Do they have pa- uh, scheduled power outages or scheduled water outages? 
Do we have um, the ports being locked up for months? Mm. Do we have civil unrest? Do we have some some group of army dudes somewhere like trying to overthrow our have you know a militia no, or we don't no. we are extremely grateful we live in a beautiful country and we live in a more beautiful city um yeah we are super blessed and we just need to look and just realize how blessed we are i fully agree yeah i've come to yeah that realization that it's it's literally what you make of it this mm. place mm. and if you 100%. want it to be if you want it to suck then that's all on you yep yep who do you look up to? Oh, I've got a few. My dad, um, Simone's dad, Rudy. Um, uh, yeah, my friend Mike uh, from Virtue Coffee. He's a really cool guy. Um, I look up to people like Tony. She's pushed through, you know, a long time. Um, yeah. Normally it's like, little aspects of people's lives rather than one giant figure. Yep, yep. Because a lot of the time the people that are that giant figure are just completely unreachable and unattainable if you ever yeah. even talk to. Yep. So I look at little things that people do and I'm like, man, that's that's cool. Mm. That person's got that bit really down pat. Yep. And I admire them for that. Yep. Yeah. What about, is there anyone that, like, okay, if there was anyone you could talk to, who is a who you look up to, like a Jordan or anyone like that? Who Would it be Jordan? Oh, no, I don't know, man. I'd love to talk to Paddy Mills. Yeah? Yeah. He just uh, got announced I as know. the flag bearer. Uh, of course I know. I know that. <laughs> he, he wrote to me on Instagram one time. Are you for real? Yeah. How I cool was, is it I when t- someone like oh, that reaches bro. out? I, like, sent it to every one of my friends that even yep. knew who he was. Yeah, I think I was, I was, Simone took a photo of me roasting and I was wearing my meal singlet. And, um, and yeah, and she put it on Insta and he like commented back and I was like, what? Yeah, that's cool. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Tell me about your biggest setback. Um, I haven't had setbacks because every setback that I've had, a setback is only a setback in that point of time. Mm-hmm. but all the things I would call setbacks I've looked back on and I've said that was some kind of catalyst for change would you just say instead of setting it back it just pushed you in another direction yeah another direction sounds negative and alternative I would say just forward I'm thinking about it instead of saying a setback being a linear thing going back and forward say yeah. you're in a globe and you're in the middle and instead oh, of going right, this eh? way it's pushing you towards something else sure yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What excites you? Oh, seeing my kids do well. Seeing Simone. Any time of the day. Yeah? I'm a, yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, what excites me? Cars. Shiny things. Stereos. Um, delicious coffee. Um, enjoy. People having fun. I love facilitating fun. Okay. I yeah. love, um, I mean, that's half the reason I've got a cafe is because I love watching people sit and enjoy and interact and laugh and have this quality family time. And to think that I've done, allowed to facilitate that is, yeah. That's cool. That ticks my buttons. So like we had all the crew from Swing With The Stars, um, we had a couple of catch-up teas and stuff like that during rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this Friday, you know, after our dress rehearsal, whatever, you know, they're like, oh, let's all go out for tea again. 
And I was like, just everyone come to Bricks and we'll get pizzas and, you know, play beer pong. And they did that and we had an absolute blast. And I just stood back and I was like, cool. Like, not look at what I've done. Definitely not that, but these guys are having fun. Mm. And I've done something to allow them to have mm. fun and enjoy themselves. That gets my, yeah, that ticks my box, man. So, shiny things. Shiny things. We'll go there for a bit. Mm. What's your favourite shiny thing? Oh, I'm I I am too excited by too many different areas. That's why I don't really have much of a hobby because all my I'm just like I'll I'll go like three or four months of like looking at road bikes, but I'm like wow they're like fifteen grand. Yeah, I love carbon fiber. I love Formula One. Everything about Formula One. It's just like, oh, it's the pinnacle of so many areas. Mm. Engineering, sport, driving, like gear, just love it. Yeah. If you could own any sort of car, what would it be? Oh, uh, you can't ask me that. When you leave, I play this game all the time. You know, you win the win the lottery. Like it has to be top five or something. One. One. One and done. One and done. It would have to be a fully, fully tricked out R thirty four Skyline. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice. Either that or an A9X Tirana. Do you prefer speed or muscle? Um, no, see, I'm not just a straight line speed, like just bombing down a salt flat at 400 k's an hour doesn't excite me. What it's about acceleration? Be like handling and, yeah, acceleration, dude. Mm. The first time I drove... A skyline. You get that felt into that. the sea? How man, good is it? How good is nothing. it? Yep. But it doesn't have to be turbo, man. I've driven V8. The first time I drove a real V8, I think it was like a worked Calais. And that thing just bagged up. Like cruising at 30 and just floor it and just bagged up. Just smoke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, loves it. Dude. Loves it. Frothy. Okay, so picture this. Yeah. You, you're in your, your skyline. Yeah. It's just... Open road, yeah. right? It could be W. Yeah, open road. Or WRX, yeah. I'll take no, it. Need some corners. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What song's playing? Oh. Man, you, you can't. This is what I mean. I have such a broad musical taste. Being a musician, I'm like. One song. Oh, dude. Um, Simone's a shotgun. Is Simone riding yeah, with she's... you or am I solo? Ooh. Nah, it's you're gonna go pick her up. I'm gonna go pick her up. Um, oh, bit of. Am I feeling sexy? Am I feeling like cool? You're feeling, feeling like the man. Oh, you can't do this to me. <laughs> First thing that comes to mind is um, "All My Life" by Foo Fighters. Yep, good call. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So you can do it. Yeah, no but that fear, literally man. just popped into my brain. No, no need to fear. Fear the deer. No, they're done. <laughs> they're Phoenix is going to kill Phoenix. Them. Yeah, go to the suns. Phoenix and six. What has kept you up at night? Um, oh, it's kept me up at night. Not much. I sleep really well, but... Yeah, making sure I've made the right decisions. I think probably opening bricks was probably the biggest, mm-hmm. yeah, biggest event for us. Yep. Yep. 
You got through it, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. What, what were you doubting? Just um, the other side, if it didn't work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What is an unpopular opinion you have? Oh, God, I've got so many. An unpopular opinion um, that parents should be friends with their kids before their parents. Yeah? Why's that? I'm, my sole job is to turn these two beautiful little saplings into the best adults they can be with the talents that they've got. Mm-hmm. And I've got to learn what they're good at and help them. And if I just be their friend and don't discipline them, or if I just be their friend and let them do what they want to do and oh, the kids, you know, he wants to do that, whatever. No, because life is not easy. Mm. Life is not easy. And just being their friend and letting them do what they do and oh, the kid knows best and this and that is garbage. The kid needs to be taught how to deal with adversity. The kid needs to learn how to do things it doesn't enjoy doing to push through. Like, Levi's been working with me at the shop. Yeah. Like, so he's up at 5 every day to be in the shop with me at 5.30, and he's there till 8.30 and goes to school and bags up coffee and serves customers, and he doesn't enjoy it that much. (laughs) (laughs) So when I say to him, hey, mate, you've got 50 kilos in the buckets, I need you to bag it up, he's like... But he's getting better and he's getting faster at it. And mm. now he's like, yeah, no problem. And those are skills he's going to take with him the rest of his life. Yeah. He doesn't enjoy it now. If I was his friend, I'd let him sleep in. Yeah. You gotta... t- oh, you were up late? Oh, I'm so tired. Tough luck. I'm waking you up. You coming with me. That's sick. I actually like that a lot. Mm. Do you pay him? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, he's doing a Cert 3 now in hospitality. So you're setting him up? Yeah. Well, it's surprise new. It's surprise first car. As soon as that's the goal. And what's... Okay, what's his... He's only 14. Oh, his? he's going between an E46 BMW or, at, like, you will drop it and we'll put bucket seats in it, man, and we'll flare <laughs> those arches, or it's going to be uh, just a rat Hilux. Two-door, yep. two-door Hilux, big fat muddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big arches. Train I like back. it. I yeah. like it. Do you read? I know... I don't. It's it's just a weakness of mine. But I don't read. I listen to podcasts because the t- the only time that I've really got is um, sitting stationary is while I roast, and uh, so I'll be there for like a couple of hours at a time. But I can't not look at my screen at the temperature, you know, graph. Yeah. Uh, making you know, you make gas changes every like minute or two. And if I read, I've found that I just get stuck in that and then I'll look up and I've missed, yep. missed a mark. So I can listen. I listen and engage and listen to podcasts, but reading I struggle with. I've never been a reader. My brother was a massive reader. He's more intellectual than I am, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. very clever. Um, but sitting and reading a book, I've just never found a book that grabbed me. So, For real? Yeah, yeah man. I just, I just don't know. What about audiobooks? I've, I've heard so much about audiobooks, but I just... I've never grabbed one. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I would like to. It's something I would like to do. I never used to read until I started reading. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sentence of the day. Um, um, and then, yeah, I'm like, I didn't realise, like, because even at school, like, I remember, like, oh, it's silent reading and everyone would go for, like, something cool like Magic School Bus or Animorphs yeah, or yeah. something like that. But I didn't realise that there's literally a topic or a book on something, yeah. any topic ever. Like, yeah. 
like at the moment I'm reading one called The Third Door and yeah. it's about this dude and he's basically trying to get in contact with Bill Gates. Yeah. And so he's like trying all these things like he's got in t- contact with like Tim Ferriss and like asked him and now like mm-hmm. he's just found this dude called Elliot who makes like this like young entrepreneur uh, um, entre- entrepreneurs Ent- of like he's making this thing in Utah oh, okay. and it's just like it's all about so he's basically the, there's there's Two ways to be successful, apparently, mm. which is okay. to go through the front door mm. or you can stand in line and wait to go in. But there's always the third door, which is the one at the back that no one knows about. And so right. you, you run around and hopefully that you don't get caught by security that you've gone through the back way. And that's what he's doing. And it's yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's it's super addictive. Yeah. What do you genuinely not understand? Um, going back to what we talked about already, people that hold grudges. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? I know people like that, and they're like, oh, that guy in year eight who swore at me or did something, and oh, he's an idiot. Oh. I'm like, what's yeah. the most petty grudge you've held? Me? Oh, probably something with my brother, like, you know, fighting over the, the foot space in the middle seat, you know, when your feet are on the hump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, probably. I remember the first time ever we fought badly, but we never, the secret rule, like, the unwritten rule was never punch in the face. Or in that, like, proper punch in the stomach. Everything else was, like, game on. Yep. And, yeah, one time we were riding in the car and he did something. I can't remember. And for some reason he kind of broke the rule and, like, punched me in the in the chin. Bang! Yeah. Like, in the back seat. You know, like, you know, fighting silently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, and I just went whack and punched him right in the nose. Blood nose. <laughs> And we were about 10 minutes from the house. And so he just sat there like this in silence and like this whole pool of blood in his hand. So I think somewhere between then and getting home, mum and dad saw and she's like, and they were just like super mad, right? And so when we got home, he's like, open the door. So I opened the door and he just went, <laughs> and like sloshed this like handful of blood all out. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Was it worth it? I can't remember what we're fighting over. It would have been something as, as legit stupid as like foot space or like I ate his last Dorito or something. Man, that foot space is, that's so, priceless property, oh, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the best compliment you've ever received? Ooh, oh man, I don't do well with compliments. Ooh, oh, does I it make re- you feel, nah, that's not me or you feel like a dick sort of thing? Like, no, I really don't. I don't like, I don't like self-centeredness and are people that have... I think people view me as arrogant, I think. What if they're appreciative of something like you've done, though? You don't feel like... No, yeah, so, no so just backing up, I, 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 I worry people think I'm arrogant, but I'm very... Um, okay, there's two different ways of doing something. Which way is the better way? Work it out, test it, time it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whichever is the better way, that's the way we'll do it. And I'm, I have a bent for trying to find that thing in everything that I do. Okay. Or in lots of things that I do, not always successfully. So specifically in the coffee, in the bar, you know, this is the way we make this particular drink and this is the way we do this thing. Oh, and Scott's been great. Like we bounce off each other. He's like, oh, that's, look, we, uh, you know, I've seen it do this way. Cool. Let's test it. See what it go- how it goes. And then my way will be the better way. And like, I don't know how else to be like, oh, we're doing it this way. Yeah, yeah. So like I worry that that is seen as arrogant, but I'm just often confident in the way that I'm doing something. Mm. Um, and in a previous job as well, I um, 
I was I was in there to try and make change, and that was really hard because my way was different, and a lot of people did not like it. But it was the way I was asked to implement it that was difficult. So yeah. So what's the best compliment you've ever received? What's the, oh, dude, I don't know. I don't. So yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I can't. Probably recent. You know, either. Um, you know, you've got great kids or that was, you know, that was the best coffee I've had. Super basic. Yeah. Yeah. But no, when someone says that you've, you've got great kids, that, that means a lot to me because I take it seriously. We're coming to the end, man. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed this a lot. I hope so. Is there anything that you wanted me to ask you, but I didn't? Oh, I don't know. That I wanted you to ask me. Mm. No, I just I knew you'd have some good questions, and you have. So, I can't think of anything. That's cool. Yeah. Is there anything you want to ask me? Oh. Why'd you buy such an expensive car? No, 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 no. What do you... Um, You seem to have some struggles with teaching world and opinions and your ability to do your job in the current climate. Do you think you'll be a teacher forever? No. Nah. No way. I'm over it. You're over it? I do not like it. And I think it comes back to... Why did you become a teacher? If you don't know what to do, you become a teacher, right? Really? Oh. Yeah. I, I still don't know. What I, I have some idea what I want to do now, but... Nobody knows what they want to do. Yeah, but... So, okay, I have, <laughs> I have passion in something. Yes. But, and I think it's helping. Helping kids, I do not find rewarding because... When you help someone in fitness especially or mm. something like that, and the change, you know, you, you take them on a journey to help them change and they're actually appreciative for what you've yeah. done. Compared to... Yep. A kid who can now do their times tables, mm. it's just completely different. Yeah. And I don't think, maybe even like behavior management, because it's coming back to what the thing that like, especially what you said is, especially when it comes to education and schooling, that they're mm. not that like, I don't want to be feared as like, oh, Mr. Mo, like the yeah, brutal yeah. like behavior guy, but just showing that. There is a need for respect. There is a need for authority. Yeah. And we're not, not that we're not there to be your friend, but we want to make you succeed as best as we can. I don't yeah. get that in a school. I get more success and more joy and more purpose and more... Uh, what about all those kids that don't have a good dad role model? Yep. Because I think that is There's one of the lot biggest of failings in our whole society. Don't get me started. I know. I, you Could need... you not be that that guy for those kids, needing and wanting and longing for that sort of mentor slash father figure slash man I can, man that I can talk to? Could you not do that? As much as I'd love to, I don't think a kid would get it. But they do. I don't. Sorry. They do. How so? I'd maybe say a, a late teenager, but I oh, don't think right. like an, an eight-year-old wouldn't, they wouldn't get it. 
they wouldn't understand what a man's a man's role is yet because what they see at home is the norm. And so when they'd go and experience something, say for an hour a week, I don't think it can be an hour a week sort of thing. Yeah, it has yeah. to be a constant yeah. day. Like that's oh, what I mean, you hour a week. I'm thinking you're teaching these kids every day. What, how to become a how to be? No, no. As in, you're in the in the classroom every day with them. You're not seeing them every day. What to tell them? How to, to be, be a man? To be a man example. They wouldn't do it. It's like it comes back to the argument, you know, when people say, "Oh, I wish they taught how to talk, teach taxes at school or how to change mm. a tire." Kids would still wag. Mm. Oh yeah, they wouldn't. And then but at least they'd be able to change their tire if they did. If, they, the yeah, if they went, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I just, I find education so different. It's not what it is. I think it's. I don't find it as value as valuable as what I used to. But I do think helping is mm. valuable, and mm. I think my skill set. Uh, is in changing people's lives that have, I guess, not made mistakes, but want to better their bodies yeah. and they can actually see a result and I can see a result. And that's life-changing. Chase it. It is. Chase it. Um, yeah, I just don't... Teaching's... It's just not what it used to be. Like, I've... Well, you're, you're going to be teaching, just not educational material. Yeah, not, you're going to be teaching something else. Yeah, habits. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, man. It's been fun. It's been great. Two questions to go, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. There is a billboard. Yep. Signed. Yep. Pete Loring. <laughs> what does the billboard say? So it can be a best tip or a quote. Uh... Jeepers. Let me see if I can make something up. I would like Jeepers. That would be... <laughs> What's going on? Um, no one's perfect, but everyone's valuable. Is Dude, there I'm such so, thing as perfect? I'm, I'm so not perfect. Is, is, there, is there perfection? No. No, we're completely flawed. We're all flawed. What about in life in general? Is there something that's... like a, Is a circle perfect? Um, you mean the band? Perfect circle? Oh. <laughs> 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 no, um, but because that's that's pretty close. I think when I think of things that are perfect, perfect, a circle is pretty pretty close. Yeah, that, oh, I don't know. I mean, or a magic from bricks and mortar. <laughs> that's pretty tasty. <laughs> pretty tasty. Yeah. Um, so uh, sorry. What did, what did the billboard say? I, yeah, I was, got. You know, no one's perfect, but everyone's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. People think they have to be perfect to be valuable, but they don't. They're already valuable, mm. and they just need to do... They don't need to be perfect. Yeah. All right, man, last question. Yeah. There's someone Can listening... Can you read it? It's pretty dark. I, I'll just, People I mean, think we're, like, making out up here. Well, that's all right. I've had my carrots. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's listening yeah. to this episode, and there's one thing that you want them to take away... Yeah. What do you want them to you take away? Do it. No. You can do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, one thing to take away. Yeah. Work your butt off. Yep. Work hard. You're not tired. You're not as busy as you think you are. Mm. Keep pushing. If you really want to do something, don't quit too soon. Yeah. Keep going. And that you can do it. You You can do it more than you think you can. Yep. The the yeah the <laughs> oh man such a cheesy quote, um, the mind is weaker than the body, dude. Like you just got to keep going, keep doing it. 
the mind will always quit and self-doubt will stop you doing a lot of the things that you should do that you should do that's a wrap mate legend thank you so much for coming on that was heaps fun I appreciate it if you have enjoyed this episode please take a screenshot and share it on your socials that has been doing the rounds this past two weeks and has been very successful also if there's anyone you'd like me to approach to try and get on the show do not hesitate to DM I have done as requested and got people on so just send it on through but other than that Pete thank you very much no worries man it's a pleasure